Welcome to episode 18 of Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell, and I am an entrepreneur. It is 8.30 in the morning on a Wednesday. This show is going out this Friday. I am putting my guy under so much pressure to get this done and edited and cut, delivered back to me today so I can get it out for tomorrow. Um, and I've got loads to talk about today, I really have, and I'm quite excited. I don't really know where to start, and I'm normally what I try and do on these podcasts is pick kind of like three things, and I'll, and I'll just walk around those three, thing, three things, delve into a bit more detail, then come back out, kind of, kind of do that. But there's so much to talk about today, I really don't know how I'm going to cram it all in. And it's been a while since I've recorded a podcast, because although they've still been going out weekly, I did double record the other day. Um, which means I haven't had to record an episode for like nearly 10 days, so a bit out of the flow as well. Anyway, what I wanted to try and cover today was um, a little bit about interest rate rising, but really more about utility bills and bringing that back to income and expenditure um, for individuals and for businesses and what that impact looks like. Obviously, I'm going to concentrate more on the impact from businesses. That's what the fucking podcast is about. Um, but I wanted to connect on that. I also wanted to talk about, which will lead me on to this, which is about how I'm structuring our business, how we're making changes and adaptions, how we've brought in new people, we've increased our expenditure. Um, so I want to talk about that. And I don't think I'm going to have any more time after that. I think that's going to take the time. So, so the rest of the stuff is going to have to wait till next week. But I want to talk about a new podcast we've got coming up as we start to develop 50 mil media. I want to talk more about 50 mil media. I want to talk about um, a new show we've got coming up, coming through 50 mil media. All of these start next week. It's a really fucking busy time. Um, I want to talk about our, our events company and where that is and what's going on with that. That's a little bit trickier to discuss, but I, but I want to talk about that. And I obviously want to talk about the prisons and, and, and where we are with those. So loads and loads of stuff to cover. Um, but I'm going to have to do this over the next few weeks, I think. Um, let's start, though. That was my little drum roll. Um, we are five days away. Yeah, that's right. Five days before our new marketing manager starts and Joel resigns. Now, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, if you have listened to the podcast before, you will know, or you won't know, uh, but you're about to know, um, that marketing takes up about 85% of my time pretty much every week. Um, never less than 85%, sometimes more, but about 85% of my, of my time is spent in that one area. So having a marketing manager come into play will mean that probably next week I reckon I'll have to spend about 25% of my time in marketing and that's going to drop probably about 5 to 10% every week for the next few weeks um, and it'll be pretty much down to a few percent like it is with the other departments. And I'm super excited by this. Numerous reasons. One is I don't, I, I really love marketing but I don't enjoy it. it. Maybe that's the right way of saying it, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I love the function of it, I love the variation of it, I love the different, um, <clears throat> all the different skill sets within it. <coughs> I love, um, you know, what it, what it produces, how it is, that whole industry I really enjoy. I don't like doing it. And I read this morning something that's quite important, which isn't, don't just focus on the things you want, focus on the things you don't want. So it's, it's good to analyse both. And what I don't want to be is somebody working in marketing. It's just not what I want to do. So I've been trying to get out of that for a while. It's happening, five days, done, off we go. Very, very pleased, very, very happy. 
And also, we're bringing somebody in that is far smarter than I am when it comes to marketing, which is important. You know, I need people in positions, certainly senior positions, management positions, senior positions, that are smarter than I am. That has to happen, otherwise we will never grow. Um, so yeah, very happy about that. Okay, let's let's come back down, though. let's come back down from that cloud. Um, let's put our, put our feet firmly back on the ground and let's talk about the electricity, um, energy usage, rising costs, interest rates, looming recessions. Let's go a little bit doom and gloom on a dark, dark Wednesday morning. Um, it's shit. It really is fucking shit. You know, electricity, I'm going to concentrate probably more on the energy usage. The energy costs, sorry, is, is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I've, I, as you know, I talk about, I, I, I have a swimming pool in my house. I use an air source heat pump, which needs electric to run it. I have a pool pump. So our cost of electric in the summer doesn't go down because most people's electric costs are obviously higher in the winter, lower in the summer. Ours is the same all the way through because we turn our pool on and obviously that drives electric usage. So I've been very aware of it this year, but we're on a fixed tariff. So I'm still paying, I think, 17 pence a kilowatt hour, whereas some people are paying 75 pence a kilowatt hour because the electric cost has not hit us personally because we're still fixed till the end of the year. When we get to January, it's going to hit. It's going to hit in a big, 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 big way. And I'm obviously analysing what we do with that. Um, what, what has hit is the electric costs inside our businesses because the bills for our commercial entities and specifically the two prisons, they have increased. So we've seen a 30% increase in our utility bills and our utility bills were already getting close to six figures. So they're now into six figures. So it, it, you know, it, it's a big, big cost. Um, so we feel it, we recognize it. And there is a big difference between how the energy costs are affecting individuals, consumers, and how um, <clears throat> energy costs are affecting businesses, business consumers. So this is kind of how the way I've been looking at it. For an individual, so none of us have got any fucking say in it either, but I just put that in there. Nobody gets to say, well, I don't want to pay that, I'll pay this. Yes, you can shop around, but you can only shop around for the deals that are actually there. You can't negotiate your energy usage down. You can to a degree in a business, but there's still, you know, there's only so far you can push it. So for, for, for all of us as, as, as individuals, so, 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 so direct to, to public consumers, if you will, um, we are obviously paying what we pay. We have the choice of going to variable tariffs or fixed tariffs and what might be better for one person might not be the best for the other. The challenge though for us as, as, as consumers effectively is that this is an expenditure problem. So what we're finding is we've got, we've obviously got our incomes, i.e. the salaries we make, the wages we bring in, and we've got our expenditure, our costs that we, we, we use to buy things throughout the month, and mortgages, bills, and so on and so forth. So a lot of people have maintained the same level of income. They might have increased a little bit in April with pay rise and such, but most people have maintained the same level of income as they were, let's say, eight months ago, beginning of the year. But the energy cost has risen and risen considerably. I can't, I can't even remember what the percentages are at the moment, but I think the latest price cap's gone up 120%. So what's happening is people's income staying the same, but the expenditure is going up. So that is a key problem. It's not necessarily true 
in a business and that's quite the same equation. So to give you an example, we have our income levels, you know, for eight months ago, and we have our expenditure levels. Yes, our expenditure levels have gone up because our electricity has gone up. But what's happened coupled with that is our income is either stagnated or grown ever so slightly, or in some instances has gone down. It hasn't really gone down too much in our businesses, but there are businesses that are. And the reasoning behind that is because people aren't spending as much money. If we take our attraction business, for example, which is largely what we would count as disposable income, so people pay all of their bills, everything they have to pay, and what they have left, disposable income. That is what people utilize to go to um, do things. So, you know, attractions, cinemas, bowling, um, nights out, pubs, stuff with friends, you know, additional presents, and you know, things like that effectively. I don't know, I've got additional presents. Um, additional purchases, stuff that's beyond what you need to actually live and survive. Um, so where people's income have stayed the same but the expenditure has gone up, what's happened is that disposable income has shrunk massively disappeared altogether for a lot of people. So therefore, people can't go out and do the things they used to do. So in a business like ours, which is predominantly 73% consumer driven at the moment, um, what we're finding is not as many people are visiting. And if not as many people are visiting is, we're dropping income. So yes, our expenditure has gone up, it has gone up, but it's not gone up drastically. It's not gone up in the same percentage as, as, as people are finding it day to day. 120% increase is electric. Our electric has not gone up that much, nowhere near. Um, and it is maintainable. If we manage the same levels of income, we'd be managing this, you know, the expansion without too much problem and still making a good profit. But we're not, our income's dropping, our expenditure's come up slightly, and that's the issue. So for an individual, the problem is an expenditure problem. For a business, our problem is an income problem. They are correlating directly. And where I'm getting to in this is that I was chatting to somebody the other day and I was talking about how I was going to change some of the positioning in our business, which I'm going to go on to in a second. And they said to me, cool, everything you're saying right now at the moment, Joel, would, would, let, would lead me to believe or make me think, right, what I need to do is cut my expenditure. And they said, but what you're doing is you're increasing your expenditure. Why? And I explained to them that in our business at the moment, we don't have an expenditure problem. We have an income problem. Us cutting our expenditure is not going to solve our income problem. It's just going to give us another problem. Our challenge is income, not expenditure. So I'm going to park that for a second. I'm going to come back to it because some people will be sat there going, no, 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 if you just bring your expenditure down, your balance book doesn't work like that. Yeah, I promise you it doesn't. I know it seems like it does. And in a household, that is predominantly correct. In a business, it's not, and I'll explain why shortly. So the issue that obviously is there for, for, for individuals is they're not making enough now to cover the increase in bills. So a, a, one of a few things now needs to happen, and, and the government do need to you know wrap around this and fucking sort of shit out. Um, ideally, energy bills come back down to a an acceptable level of cost. That is, that is, you know, ideally number one on the list. Let's get the energy bill back down to, you know, an acceptable cost, and that will really support people without having to put additional stress or pressure or challenges on them. So that's the first thing. 
The other thing is people will look to cut their expenditure. And I don't think they should have to because they're all already probably living to the means to a degree. And actually, why should you have to cut out the things you enjoy doing? You know, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about getting petrol or, you know, clothes on your back or food in your belly and those things that we, that we need to be able to live, to be able to earn. I'm talking about the additional stuff. So the things like going out and having a coffee with friends, going to a bar and, and catch up with people, going to the cinema, talk about cinema in a sec, you know, going bowling, going to an attraction, like go to a prison, um, you know, anything like that, that might cost only a few quid, but might cost you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 quid. People should not have to sacrifice the enjoyment part of their lives just to fucking live. It is ridiculous because that's what's happening. People are now having to just live. Like, and I mean that now a lot of people, a much higher percentage. I know there was there was there was already a number, but now that number is huge. They are just living to get by. And the enjoyment factor is gone because they just don't have the money to do it. And when I see them then stressing about that, I'm like, wow, that is a really unhappy place to be. And it's through no fault of their own. It absolutely isn't. And I really believe that the government, both, both you know, in party and, and opposition, um, in power and opposition, should be really doing something here. And they just are not moving fast enough. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there as a <coughs> excuse me. I'm gonna put this out there as, a, as an analogy for it. Um, you get stuck, I think, as a parent. And I and I watched this the other week when I was when I was out. I was down at the seaside for a day, and I watched this. And I watched a parent with with the kids talking about ice cream. The kid wanted an ice cream. Obviously, kids ice cream beach. They all go together. It's a match made in heaven. And I could see the parents saying, well, no, you, you can't have an ice cream because we can't afford it. And I could see the pain in the parents' face that, to me, what was going through their mind was that this ice cream was, you know, it was a couple of quid. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't breaking the bank money. But at the same time, if you haven't got a couple of quid, it is breaking the bank money. And what was happening, in, I believe, in their heads was they were thinking, I can spend this two pounds on this ice cream. But then that's money I need for food down the line for next week. Or it's money I need for the electric bill. Or it's money I need for clothes. Or you're going back to school and you're going to need pens and you're going to need pencil cases and you're going to need bags. And 375 bloody quid is for school uniform. Um, I know that's where my daughter's going. So I could see them calculating in their head all these things that that money could be used for. And to this child, they just wanted an ice cream. They don't compute any of this. And I could see the pain in the parent's face of now I'm denying my child an ice cream because, not because I don't want them to have one, but because I'm thinking where that two pound can go. So I feel incredibly guilty that I'm not able to let my child have something they want. It's not a huge thing, but it's a massive thing for the child. But at the same time, if they let them have it, then they're gonna feel guilty about where that, where that money could have gone somewhere else. And I just watched it and I was just, I found that really, really hard because to me, having to make that decision as a parent really sucks. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a really hard place to put people in. 
kid got an ice cream. So that's, that's, that's a positive, let's go with that. And I think, you know, that's, that's the important thing, but you know, it's really stressful time. And I think people are getting very stressed by it and to a degree, rightly so, but I'm not convinced stress is the right way. The media are hugely over-egging this. Like they're massively drumming up this huge, huge, huge problem. You think the world was gonna end tomorrow the way the media are driving it. And I think that's just adding to people's stress. And I guess my message to it is, it's difficult, it's gonna be hard, but let's just, we have to ride this through and we have to work out solutions. So it comes back to the point of, like I say, ideally government sorts it out, we bring energy bills down. The other option is people can reduce expenditure, but that's gonna be really hard because most people are already up to the limit anyway. So let's, let's call that a reality that's gonna be very difficult to do. Um, you reduce your means, that's a big decision. So, you know, if, if you're right up to your means, then you have to reduce that. You have to move into somewhere smaller. You have to figure out how you can do your cost in a different way. You move into a smaller house, for example, um, owned or rented, suddenly your utility bills go down because there's less space to heat and stuff like that. Um, but again, it's a big decision. It takes a few months. It's not a quick thing and there's cost to doing that. The other option is you increase your income. And that again has its challenges because some people to a threshold of how much income they can drive, but also you have to go and find a new job and so on and so forth. And if you find a new job, do you then just spend more money and does that exacerbate the problem? So what I'm coming back to with this is the government need to sort the fucking shit out. It's that simple. Um, but it is a bad time out there. It is, I would really like to hear about the challenges people are facing because I'd like to, understand more about that because I don't face quite the same challenges I'll be honest I don't I you know like I say we're fixed tariff so our electric bills are quite controllable my income levels are okay you know I've got money in the bank I spoke about that in episode 17 I think it was so you know I'm not feeling the pinch the same as other people are in our day-to-day -day lives like that I'm feeling in a business way in a different in a different sense I'm going to talk about that now I'm going to see how much long I've got left on my timer not very long um so yeah, I'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts on that basically, and, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go from that. Um, okay, so, so the way that this is working in the business, like I was saying, is we, we've just had the summer. Now, as a, I'm, I'm gonna generalize here about attractions, or I'm gonna generalize about consumer-driven businesses, consumer-driven businesses driven by, um, disposable income. And by that, I, I mean, you know, you've got a consumer-driven business like a hairdresser's, for example. I wouldn't say disposable income is quite the same for a hairdresser's as much because people kind of have to get their hair cut. I mean, I know you don't, but, but at the same time you do. I would say that a shop, for example, you know, like a Tesco's, consumer-driven income, but it's not disposable income. It's, I need to eat to fucking survive. So, you know, consumer-driven, um, disposable income, things like attractions, bars, pubs, coffee shops, cinemas, bowling alleys, anything along those lines, you don't need to survive, they're the extras. Um, ice cream vans. Um, so let's talk about those. Let's start with cinemas. So Cineworld, about to go into administration, going into administration. They are definitely going administration direction. Now they are one of the biggest. And what always happens in these times, whenever an industry is going to struggle, the first people to keel over are always the biggest. The reason behind that is a multitude of things, but the one of the reasons that Cineworld have got the problems is they've got a five billion pound loan. 
So they've got debt of $5 billion. Um, sorry, I said pounds, but I mean dollars. Now, the challenge that they have is that would not be a problem. Having a $5 billion loan would not be an issue for Cineworld if they were turning good levels of revenue and showing a profit. They are not. So therefore, the $5 billion loan is being called in. That will put them into administration. If they did not have that $5 billion loan, they would still have the same problem. They are not driving enough revenue and making enough profit. The difference would be because they don't have the loan, they'd be in a position to take a loan. That is going to buy them time to either change the business model, survive, thrive, drive, or it's going to buy them time to go exactly the same way as they're going at the moment. The issue with the cinemas is yes, they do have competitors in terms of the streaming services and films being released early and such, but if you want that experience, you still will go to a cinema. But the consumer is not spending in the way the consumer was spending. Not because they don't want to go to the cinema, because they don't have the fucking money. That simple. And it's the same what we've seen over the summer in the tourist attractions and across the industry. And I'm yet to hear, I think truthfully, from another attraction that's gone, we've had our busiest summer ever. Because I don't think people are, I don't think businesses are. I'm not seeing it happen and I'm not speaking to anybody that is saying that to me. If anything, I'm finding people are anywhere from 20 to 50% down in their projections on their summer income. Now that is because of the change in the market. We are not doing, we are doing things differently to a point in the way we market, the way we attract people, the way we bring people in, the offering that we have. It's not drastically changed, but the bottom line is we are finding people just cannot afford to go and spend 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds on a day out, especially if that's just for tickets before even food and drinks and stuff like that, to go on a day out. People just don't have that money anymore. It, it, they just don't. So we're finding that the income levels are far below our projections and getting close to our balancing, which is you know getting close to our expenditure levels. Now, our expenditure has gone up a little bit because we've had a 30% increase in our electric bills, which is already significant. But we've not felt masses of problem with that yet because a lot of our electric bills kick in come the winter because of our heating systems. So we're going to feel that pinch coming forwards and we're, we're, we're trajectorizing and projecting for that. But the income levels are not moving on consumers. Now, for our business specifically, and it won't be the same for all consumer um, disposable income businesses. But for our business, we're about 73% reliant on the B2C markets, on the direct consumer markets, about 73% of our income. So we're looking at our business, and I've been looking at our business over the last few months and over the last few weeks, and certainly over you know, the last couple of weeks, very, very intently. And we've been looking at this going, if we do not change our business model, we are going to fail. Because the way that consumers used to spend has changed in the same way that remote working has now changed. Remote working is always going to become a thing, without a doubt. It would have happened over a phase period of time. COVID just accelerated it, hugely accelerated it. Consumer spending was always going to change. What's happened is the rising cost of energy, the rising cost of fuel, and the rising cost of food has just accelerated that. So our business model now has to change in order for us to thrive, survive, and drive. 
if you are a consumer, this is really, really important. I really hope, I, I really do hope that people listen to this. I'm, I'm generally not too bothered about who listens to my podcast, who's not and stuff like that. But I would really, really like to get this message out. So if you're hearing this bit and I'll get Paul to clip it, please share it. If you run a consumer-based business, which is driven by the disposable income, and your income percentage, your reliance is above 60%, you need to be changing your business model. You need to adapt. It's not a look at it, it is you need to change your business model. So let me come back at that again. If you run a consumer-driven, disposable-based business, and your total income, the consumer side is 60% or more, you need to adjust your business. You need to adjust that model because you will fail because consumers are only gonna spend less as we come into the winter. Now, I truly do believe that the energy side of things will settle itself around February, March, April time next year, coming into the spring, I think we'll find that settlement. But if you do not change your model now, unless you've got big, big money in the bank or you can pick up big, big loans, you are not going to survive coming through to Easter. And I think we're gonna see a huge amount of businesses folding November, December, January, and February. But I certainly think we'll see the biggest collapse probably December and February is my gut feeling because consumer-based businesses are not gonna find the same level of consumers and about spending as they normally do in December. It's not gonna happen. We're gonna find people going back to the ways of hibernating in the winter and staying in. So you need to adjust your model. And that's exactly what we're doing. We are looking at how we flip things on the head. We're looking at how we increase all the other revenue streams that we have. We are still gonna deliver obviously to a consumer base and that's still gonna be a key part of what we do, but we're gonna make sure that we drive everything else forward, which will all the other revenue streams will be concentrating heavily on to drive that up, drive those percentages up, which will balance out the consumer. Then when we get to the spring, you know, assuming that the energy bills come down, down and people have the ability to spend again, the consumer market will drive forward, absolutely fine, but we will have built an even more solid foundation, a stronger backbone for our business to drive forwards. But we're gonna to have to see through those hard times. More importantly, we've gotta get through the change. And that brings me on to what I was saying earlier about expenditure. So in our business, our problem is not an expenditure problem, it's an income problem. And we're not gonna solve an income problem by reducing our expenditure. We're gonna solve an income problem by generating more income. That is a fact. You can argue if you like, but it's an absolute fucking fact. If we reduce our expenditure, yes, we might balance our books for a few months. But if we reduce our expenditure, we squeeze ourselves to the limit, to the line, and then our income continues to drop, we can't go anywhere with our expenditure. We've got nowhere left to squeeze. So we start getting rid of stuff, or we get rid of services, or we get rid of systems. Now what happens is we start impacting the delivery or the service of the business and therefore we'll start getting more complaints. We don't really get any complaints, but we'll start getting complaints. We'll start having issues. We'll start having less, um, the customer service won't be as good and the standard will drop and therefore we'll end up having less and less and less. And it's a slippery slope. Cutting the expenditure when the problem is the income is not the solution. Generating more income is the solution. 
So what we've done, or what I mean the process of doing, is bringing in some new people, bringing in some new roles, some new systems, some new processes, some new people to drive our business forward. Because in some worlds, we still do the same thing that we were doing seven years ago. And in some instances, that's fine. But in others, it just doesn't make sense. So I do think that injecting fresh blood, fresh people, fresh experience and more experience in is really important. And that's what we've been doing. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next week, but I'm going to finish with this. We are on day two, day fucking two of bringing in a new sales director. He's got a really good range of experience, really good knowledge. And by day two, I've been caught sleeping. As the CEO, somebody in my business is currently working harder than I am. Now, I noticed it this morning. Day one was okay, but day two, I've been caught short. And I was really pleased that happened. And I turned around to my wife this morning when I left and I was like, I've been caught fucking sleeping here. And I was like, and I love this because to me, what I now have is somebody that is gonna challenge how I operate and it's gonna force me to work at a higher level. So I'm gonna to have to step up another level, which I'm really pleased about because it's been a little while since I've been forced to operate at a higher level. So already, I think our business is gonna really benefit from, from making these moves. Um, I'm gonna talk more about that next week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Apologies for waffling, but really please do drop me a comment, message, um, uh, you know, uh, around the, the rising cost of living. I'd really like to understand your, your position, your opinion, and challenges you might be facing. That has been episode 18 of Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell, and I am an entrepreneur.